This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. This is where we share our love of theme parks and all things theme park related. All thing, all things theme park related. <laughs> I'm your host, Jack Patillo, and as always, joined by my beautiful co-host, Jeff Ramsey. Hey, Jeff, how you doing, man? I'm good. I was about to give you like a 9-6 on that intro. And then I stumbled. And then you stumbled. But not only did you trip, but in the process of recovering, uh-huh. you called attention to the stumble, which is a I classic, know. classic mistake. I got to dock you a full point. You're only getting an 8-6 for that one. Ooh, yeah, the Russian judges will not like that at all. Mm. Hey, man, so... It's good. Uh, We are recording today. Today's episode is about the Judge Roy Scream, which I'm excited to talk about. We'll get to that in a little bit. That is the very first roller coaster I ever rode ever. And so we talked about it on the very first episode of Annual Pass. And I figured, (laughs) why don't we focus on it uh, for a special episode? So it's going to be interesting. Here's what I propose to you, Jack, because I consider (laughs) this roller coaster to have a significant historical Uh Significance, significant historical Uh significance uh, in relation to our podcast. Here's what I posit to you, sir. Okay, posit me the things. I say to you, we should grow annual pass into a property of such proportion Uh and gravity uh, or gravitas even that at some point there is a plaque permanently installed, (laughs) you know, as if you were a Uh historic home or the birthplace of a president that says... First roller coaster ever ridden by Jack Patillo. Wow. And there's an arrow pointing to the right here. Right in front of the <laughs> Judge Roy screen. Just like, <laughs> right, this was it. This is the spot. There it this is. Was, it's commemorated in bronze and iron. Therefore, it is now American history. All right. We can make that happen. I think our powers, we can make that happen, right? All right. We're part of the Warner Network of family, and I think they have a deal with Six Flags. We could probably make that happen, I'm sure. We'll get to that in a little bit. So it's Judge Roy Stream is going to be an interesting one to talk about. There's, I don't have a lot about the actual ride. The walkthrough will be interesting, but we'll get there. People seem to be liking the walkthroughs, Jeff. It's my favorite part. I've got a lot of good responses about the walkthroughs. We added just the 11th hour. You came up with the idea of adding in like the the noise beds, like the music beds and like the sort of sound layering. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that was brilliant. I have to give you so much credit for that. Thanks, man. So many people like say they love it because it feels like they're on the ride. I just got done listening to the third episode, which is the Jurassic Park River Adventure, and Mm. it's great. It's so much fun because, like, I don't know if if Dennis edited it or Nick did, but they added in, like, you know, T-Rex roars and velociraptors and stuff. It's, It's really, really cool, so... But I hope people are digging it. So that's that's pretty great. And hey, uh, if you are liking our show, make sure to follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Annual underscore pass. How did I say annual right there? An- annual. I am all over the place today, man. I thought it was pretty solid, man. I didn't notice any irregularities in the word. I'm hearing my own self falling yeah. apart at this point. It is very hot right now. Maybe that's what it is. I'm running low. I need to drink more water. Uh, it is May 4th, Jeff. We're recording this on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. It's officially become Star Wars Day the last few years for marketing and merchandise purposes, I suppose. Thank you for saying that, because that explains Twitter for me today. I, I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't pay enough attention to understand what was going on, but I noticed there was something odd. Yeah. And I was like, it was one of those of like, oh, I guess this is a new thing. Well, ah, screw it. And I just moved on. No, it's May the 4th. So, of course, always people are posting on like, you know, their, their Grogu post and images and whatnot. But 
we actually have some topical news here because today Disney announced a bit more information about the Galactic Star Cruiser and they released a little teaser video of it. So the Galactic Star Cruiser is a brand new hotel. Do you know anything about this, Jeff? I do now. Okay. So the Galactic Star Cruiser is a Star Wars themed cruise. It's a giant spaceship in outer space that you sleep on. So what it is? Wait, 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 yeah, wait. Hold on. Is it a cruise, like a water cruise or a theme park cruise? It's Okay, it's not a water cruise. It's a new experience. But it's a hotel. It's a hotel. It's like... But it's a cruise. It's Star Wars LARPing. And it's in space. I mean, technically, no, but yes. Is it shaped like a Star Destroyer? You make the think that way. So what it is, is basically, it's a hotel where you book a two-day experience. You can't book longer or shorter, at least not right now. You have to book two days to stay there. You first pull up to a launch bay, and so that's like the front of the Star Cruiser. You get in a launch pod, which takes you from Earth up to the Starship, the Halcyon Cruiser is what it's called. And then once you get there, you are now in space. And what that means is every single window is covered by a screen that outlooks on stars. Even your room, your hotel room, your uh, cabin, let's call it, the windows are of the star field. So you're looking out and you're seeing stars. There's, there's no, you're not seeing outside. You're not seeing Florida palm trees. You're seeing stars. And the whole thing is made to make you feel like you're on a star cruise ship. Basically, like in Fifth Element or something. Mm -hmm. It's wild. This thing is absolutely bonkers. I haven't heard of anything like this before. It opens next year. They didn't say when. They just said 2022. It's a two-night all-immersive adventure. I'm looking at uh, StarWarsGalacticStarCruiser.com if you want to follow along at home. So you get in the launch pods. You arrive at the terminal, enter a launch pod, jump to hyperspace, and rendezvous with the Halcyon Star Cruiser. And once you're there, it's... Kind of looks like the, is it the Corvettes? The, what was the one at the beginning of Star Wars uh, New Hope that Leia's on? You're a big Star Wars nerd, right? The Carillion Corvette? Is that what you're talking about? I, yeah, I, yeah, or, yeah. Or do you mean like, a, uh, I don't know. As I've gotten older, <laughs> I have strayed from Star Wars. As, really? it, as it, Yeah, I just, I don't know. You can only maintain a fandom for something like that for so long, especially when they're continuing to change it as it goes, which is cool mm. and I'm all about, but it's like, my childhood is kind of locked into, I don't know, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's kind of like frozen in, amber, in the amber of what it was when I was 10. Okay. Well, I mean, this this is fascinating, though, because literally, so you step onto the ship and you're essentially a character in this world. So they have an atrium where you've got crew and also other uh, just people there enjoying their time, like all mixed together. So there's like in, in these photos, they've got stormtroopers, they've got a Chewbacca character that looks like kids are trying to help Chewbacca smuggle things. So here's my question. Yeah. I admit it uh, It sounds awesome, but mm. you scare me a little bit when you say immersive, you say LARPing. If I want to go on vacation uh -huh. to relax, I don't want to step on an elevator thinking I'm going up to uh, get uh, some sodas from the bar to come <laughs> back down to my room, and suddenly I'm uh, pulled into some intergalactic uh, like espionage adventure where you know, some Chewbacca-esque Wookiee and a bounty hunter uh, are dragging me through the hotel, making me go on some sort of a mission to smuggle out some plans that to, to to fight the Empire. You know, I like I, that sounds stressful. I think you just described one of the things that can happen to you on the Galactic Star Cruiser. So, are you, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, so, actually, as part of this, you're kind of given a role. 
And <laughs> you get a dossier? Yeah, like you got to do homework. That sounds like so much effort. So from what you I understand, you can, you're actually like, maybe you're a smuggler. And like you can do some missions in the Star Cruiser slash hotel that if you do the, enough of them, they track everything you do. You can actually be like noticed. They might be like a cast member dressed up in costume. I'd be like, hey, you're a smuggler. Come with me. And then now you're on an adventure where you can go join the smugglers ring or something. <laughs> it's bonkers. Like the, the amount of stuff in here. Like I'm just looking at more of the stuff. They have the bridge, which is you can go operate the ship's navigation and defense systems under the cruise guidance. So you actually control the ship. You can wield a lightsaber. So this is neat. So they have a, a lightsaber training area where I think you have AR goggles that actually you see stuff and you can use a lightsaber like to deflect the, you know, like when Luke's training and he has a little like ball that's flying around. Yeah, it's like you're, you're fighting against one of those things. They have that the cabins and then they have the sublight lounge, which is a uh, fancy uh, bar for the adults. I think <laughs> they also have the crown of Corellia dining room which is a very, very fancy, classy restaurant in space. Can you take a splash in the pools of indoor or anything? Or <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I wonder if they have pools. They've got to have a pool, right? Like, you would think so. Hotel in Florida without a pool, like that's just sacrilege. You can also do planet excursions. So this is kind of cool. So you can get into a like a launch bay and get into a pod, which will then take you to Galaxy's Edge in Hollywood Studios. So they've made buses that they pull in and they hide the bus mechanism so it doesn't look like a bus. And mm -hmm. you get in and it feels like a transport, which will then take you to the theme park and drop you off in the Star Wars area of the theme park. So it's like completely immersive from start to finish. It's incredible, man. I got to say, uh, as much as I've been kind of joking about it, just because it seems like it just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> if you dig Star Wars or uh -huh. even if you just dig a immersive theater experiences, I can't imagine this place being anything other than heaven on earth as you're describing it for someone who would that would appeal to, you know. So here's the deal, Jeff. I'm thinking you and I have to do this, right? <laughs> like yeah. we pretty much have to go and check this out when it opens next year. OK. And I'm mainly saying that just so Rooster Teeth will pay for it. because <laughs> <So>, because <laughs> It's not going to be cheap, I don't think. But I know our fans out there are annual pass holders. Should that we call them? Is that a good the pass holders? Annual pass hold, pass holders. If that's pass how holders. they want to be, if that's how they want to be referred to, it's it's their decision. So you guys make some noise. Let us know if you want to see Jeff in a Jedi robe hanging out at the. Uh, Is there are there outfits? Well, I think you can bring them, or I'm sure you can buy them. I'm willing uh. to bet you can spend money to actually purchase one of these things. What if I just want to get ice? from the ice bucket and I'm in my <laughs> Jedi robe and it's 11 o'clock at night and I just want to get back and finish my pizza and Don Lemon is on and I'm just trying to fall asleep because he's got a, a smooth voice that helps you fall asleep and then the next thing I know there's a droid who needs to be <laughs> escorted safely through the tunnels under the hotel before the stormtroopers find him, and it's like, and, and I don't get, get, I don't get back to bed till like two thirty in the morning, and I gotta be up in the morning. You think there's a space CNN where they could watch? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. Jedi Don Lemon. Yeah. So anyway, this opens next year at some point. I don't. They haven't released a specific date for it yet. I want to say the estimates of cost were something like three grand for two nights. Oh lord, I could be wrong on that. That's also one of the reasons why I want the annual pass holders to uh, let Rooster Teeth know they absolutely want to see Jeff and I <laughs> in Florida. 
Anyway, that's pretty awesome. I figured that's significant here on May the 4th. Oh, also, they released a new lightsaber. I don't know if you saw this, but you know, the lightsabers, obviously, like they've been around for a long time. People have been making their own long, 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 long time, <laughs> a long time ago at Batu at the, at the Black Spire Outpost in Hollywood Studios and in mm -hmm. California, Disneyland. You can go make your own lightsaber and it has the big, you know, lit up end always there so you can turn it on or off, but it's always there. So today they showed off in a literally a five second clip. Ray, a character actress is, is Ray turning around and igniting a lightsaber and it extends out like in one piece, not like one of those kid ones where you swing it and like extends this thing. She, she hits a button and it just goes out in one solid piece. And that is apparently the Imagineers have been working on a new lightsaber design where you can push a button and it extends and then you can retract it in a, in a single push and it's lit as well, which it looks really cool, actually. That's one of the ones got a phoenix feather in it, right? Is that how that works? Yes, it does have a phoenix feather. It's one of uh, Ollivander's lightsabers. I can't remember. <laughs> it's Yeah, it was Obi-Wan's core. Yes. Yeah. The lightsaber chooses you. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so that is the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Let everyone know that you want to see Jeff and I right, are checking Dude. out this thing. I'm actually legit excited for this. I think it'll be cool. I can honestly say with 100% sincerity that I am so excited for the people that are excited for this. Like, this is going to be amazing for them. Honestly, this is what Disney is going to use to compete against Universal the next couple of years because Universal is building a brand new theme park. They are building the uh, Epic Universe theme park and Disney doesn't have a lot to sort of fight against that right now. I mean, Universal crushed it with the Harry Potter stuff and like the Velocicoaster coming out in, in June, uh, just a couple weeks now, if you're listening to this. And Disney doesn't have a lot of response. Like they've got the Tron Coaster coming up sometime in the next two years. Epcot is a mess right now. And so they're, I think they're going to rely pretty heavily on this Galactic Star Cruiser to kind of amp it up. Like this is the next big kind thing. Kind of Bowie them. Yeah. You said the Epic Universe. What is that? So Epic Universe is Universal Studios' fourth theme park if you're counting Volcano Bay. So we talked about it briefly, but the Universal Orlando sort of establishment is Universal Studios, Universal Islands of Adventure, and then Universal's Volcano Bay, which is a water park. Where's that? It's right near uh, Islands of Adventure. It's, it's kind of in that area. You have to take a okay. bus to it, but it's right there. And then they're building Epic Universe, which is a brand new theme park, a whole new theme park that is going up about a mile and a half, two miles away from the current parks they have now. They've restarted construction on it after COVID kind of slowed them down, but they're going to have a bunch of new lands, including a how to train your dragon land, a new uh, wizarding world land that supposedly might be the French Ministry of Magic. Also, the British Ministry of Magic. They might both be there. Universal Monsters land. So Frankenstein, Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon, and also Super Nintendo World is going in there as well. Here's my pitch to you. OK, here's the new blockbuster movie, a la Night of the Museum. Night at the Epic Universe, a uh, comet flies over, mm -hmm. drops some comet dust. Suddenly, all of the properties in, from the rides are animated and alive, and you've got dinosaurs chasing around here, and Harry Potter's, like, uh, he's uh, avocadavering stuff, and, and you've got all of it, and, and, uh, and then, like, some cute kids uh, probably have to save their dad or something in the middle of it, and they do, and that's how it all gets wrapped up. But uh, you, it, it's think about it. Night at the Museum, but it's the museum is a theme park. And the theme park Ooh. is full of intellectual property that Universal owns. So it's like Ready Player One Universal Studio style. Yeah, there you go. All right. I dig that. There was actually a book. 
I forget the name of it, but it's someone wrote a like a horror story that takes place in Magic Kingdom. Huh. But it's, it's like the dark side. I forget what it is, but basically it's a horror novel themed around the Magic Kingdom. And I think, I mean, obviously it's not licensed or anything, but yeah. I don't know if they straight up call it like Mickey Mouse in the Magic Kingdom or if they just like mentioned as a theme park and it's kind of like skirt around it that way. But I, I remember something about that. I'll see if I can track it down for you. Please do. Ben posted the lightsaber clip. If you want to take a look at that oh, yeah. in the Discord. It's pretty neat. It's pretty cool technology because it's the first like ever like you push a button that lightsaber extends. Yeah, that's neat, right? That was cool. That looked real. As a kid, you always wanted a lightsaber and it's like, oh, she pushed the button and there it goes. I just realized we let the fourth infect half of the show already. It's turned into a Star Wars podcast. It's okay. It's okay. Well, you know, we'll take a break from our Star Wars podcast and talk a little bit about some, <laughs> some theme park rides. So, all right, let's get away from that. There, hopefully you enjoyed our Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Annual Pass. This is a theme park podcast where we talk about theme park things. And today's theme is the Judge Roy Scream. The Judge Roy Scream is a roller coaster at Six Flags over Texas in Arlington. It has a special place in my heart because it was the very first roller coaster I ever rode. We talked about it on the very first episode of Annual Pass, and I figured, hey, like, let me do a little bit more deep dive into it because I don't know if any other people have ridden this thing or really give yeah. a crap about it, but I want to talk about it. So here's some stats for you. These are from Six Flags themselves. I've got some weird competing stats depending on who you're talking to but from the from the official official Six Flags site the Judge Roy Scream is 65 feet tall it hits a top speed of 45 miles an hour it's about 2480 feet long with about a minute and a half length of ride or some people say two and a half minutes although I watched a ride video and it felt more like a minute and a half so I'm gonna say a minute and a half I didn't know this, but it opened March 1st of 1980. It actually opened a lot later than I thought it did. I would have thought this thing would have been around like the 60s or 70s, but it actually mm. opened in the 80s at a whopping cost of $2.1 million to build this thing. It's also the park's first wooden coaster. It's known as an out-and-back coaster. Jeff, what do you think an out-and-back coaster is? It's a coaster that you, uh, if they don't have a lot of room for it, they find a little, they're just like, throw it up out-and-back on mm -hmm. that small little spot of land over there. It's actually, it's a roller coaster made entirely by Australians. It was my other, uh, uh, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> Well, you know what? You go ahead and tell it. You'll tell it better than me. No, the out and back means basically it goes one direction, makes a turn, and comes right back. There's no, right no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no, no cross looping, no spinning around. It's out and back. It goes one way, goes out and then back, and back. Super, super easy. It's a very traditional coaster. So it's a wooden coaster, which is a lot of fun because uh, wooden coasters are known to sway in the wind which is horrifying, but uh, it happens. I mean, really all roller coasters move a little bit, but a wooden coaster is especially, for, for something about a wooden coaster for me is just like especially nerve wracking. Yeah. It's, it's wood, <laughs> wood rots. I think part of it too is when you're on a metal roller coaster and you're, I don't know, 65 feet in the air, like in the Judge Roy Scream, you mm -hmm. don't think if somebody drops a cigarette, I'm screwed, <laughs> right? Like, the metal roller coaster is probably not going to catch on fire instantly. Old wooden roller coaster with old mm. wood that's probably been treated with a bunch of chemicals. That thing would go up so fast. It's basically kindling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, there's nowhere to go in that situation. That would make it scary to me. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's something different. And, and like and the sheer amount of wood they have to have to keep these things up is is crazy. They have you know, forests of wood to make these things. For instance, Jack, before uh. we go any further. You have a fence around your house, right? I do. Have you replaced it in the last 10 years? I have not. Okay. Have you noticed that when you replace a fence, it looks great for four days? 
and then it rains once, and then it's a gray, disgusting mess. That's yes. what's happening to the wooden roller coasters every day. <laughs> I wonder how often they have to repaint them. Uh, probably constantly. Yeah. I imagine so. In 1994, they actually took the train cars and flipped them around and pointed them backwards on the Judge Roy scream. So you went up the lift hill backwards and then through the entire ride backwards. It was only supposed to go for a couple of weeks, but people liked it so much they left it for the entire season. Did you ever ride on it then? I did not. I have not done it backwards. I want to say, in my memory, I think I remember the promotions for Judge Roy Scream going backwards. I could be wrong. I probably am wrong, but I think I remember that. What year was it when you rode it for the first time? I mean, it would have been the late 80s, I imagine. Okay. Let's see. I was born in 82, so it would have been probably 87, 88 is when I went to gone, like when I was mm. five or six. So anyway, here, here's some more facts for you. Uh, in 2006, Six Flags Over Texas hosted a 45 hour marathon ride on the Judge Roy Scream with 19 contestants. There were 10 from Ace, which is the American Coaster Enthusiasts, and nine radio contestants. I don't know what the prize was. What would you go on a roller coaster for 45 hours to try to win, Jeff? Well, I would think uh, you would have to get some form uh, at a minimum you're gonna need a hemorrhoid pillow <laughs> i'm thinking no, what, what, so that's gotta be a, that's gotta be one of the prizes you're gonna want that after 45 hours you get your hemorrhoid yeah, pillow okay yeah you you're gonna because you're gonna need that for the next couple mm -hmm. days like a lifetime supply of uh anti-nausea medicine and oh. i don't know like eight million dollars <laughs> So anti lifetime supply of anti-nausea medicine, some uh, medicated tux pads to, to help with the inf inflammation, and then, a, and then a donut to sit on, and then $8 million. Well, let's do this. Okay, let's say 45 hours times 60 minutes. Okay. That's 2,700 minutes. Okay. So the ride itself, it lasts about a minute 30 or two minutes 30. Let's say it takes another minute and a half to reset it to go again. So let's say four minutes, being generous, mm -hmm. four minutes for a full loop. So mm -hmm. 2,700 divided by four, that is 675 times. Like if it went nonstop, 675 times. You have to figure they probably took some breaks and whatnot, like for yeah. restroom stops and things. But they probably rode that thing over 600 times over the course of 45 hours. That's wild. Dude, if I was those people, first mm -hmm. off, I would wait till everybody else left. I'd be the last person, and then I'd go, can I ride it two more times, please? And they'd be like, that's insane. Why do you want to ride it two more times? And they'd be like, trust me, I just want to ride it two more times. And they'd be like, all right, it's your funeral, whatever, hop on. And then you ride it two more times, and uh, it's probably pretty rough those two times because you're exhausted, but then you get yeah. off, and you've ridden it two more times than anybody else on Earth. That's true. And it's going to be hard to get those people after they leave to come back and ride again to beat your record. So you are now in the Guinness <laughs> Book of World Records. Brilliant. That's super smart. I respect that. I don't know if I could ride it 600 times, but man, the ride was designed by Bill Cobb, who actually designed a whole bunch of other wooden coasters around the world. The claim is that he says the Judge Roy Scream is his, quote, favorite family roller coaster. He was one of the engineers responsible for all of Six Flags Over Texas in that opened in 1961. And there's actually a metal plaque dedicated to Bill Cobb outside the Judge Roy Scream. So the one that you want me to have. Yours will be right above that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so the uh, the American Coaster Enthusiasts have a plaque dedicated to him outside of the Judge Roy Scream. That's our in. The American <laughs> Coaster Enthusiasts, who I just discovered exist like eight minutes ago when you mentioned uh -huh. it the first time. Jack, that's our in. They that's wield it. the kind of power amongst amusement parks to erect a plaque 
They got that done. That means we don't have to go after Six Flags corporate. We can go after the enthusiasts. We have to (laughs) endear ourselves to them, convince them it's a good idea, and then let them do the hard work. They got it done once. They'll do it again. This is brilliant. You don't think we just Banksy it? And like, just make our own plaque and sneak it in and put it up ourselves. Like, well, yeah, we'll do that for a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay, but this one, this particular one, I would like to be permanent. So he built or was responsible for thirteen wooden coasters, and he was known for extra surprises, which he called hoopty doos. Hoopty doos. <laughs> so hoopty do is when you, you're going one direction and it like it catches you off guard, and makes you think like, oh, oh, you're gonna go another direction, or when you kind of do a dip where there's cross beams and it feel like you're going to knock your head off. Like th- that's a hoop to do. And so he was known for his hoop to do's, which is pretty great. He sounds like he was a character. Oh man. Okay. Let me, let me read this. This is the official description from the six flags website. All of that I just read was from Wikipedia. So thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, did you know that judge Roy scream? One of the most beloved wooden roller coasters ever was named after the famous Texas justice of the peace. Judge Roy bean. He was a real cantankerous old coot, and the ride that bears his name is no different. You'll be darting around like a real whippersnapper on this classic tall wooden structure. To get there, use the tunnel in Good Times Square. Judge Roy Scream is definitely worth seeking out at 65 feet tall and zooming over the tracks at 45 miles an hour. This whooshy race over the rails is family friendly, even making for a great transition for younger riders who are in training for the mega coasters. The rest of us will think it's just plain fun. Up you go to the top of a six-story lift, and then it's off for a great serving of what classic roller coasters do best. You'll buzz over a nonstop series of straight-ahead hills and dazzling drops. Served up simple and to the point, kind of like the way Judge Bean served up justice. So, uh, yeah, that's the description of him. (laughs) I had heard of Judge Roy Bean before, so I did some reading up on this guy. Uh, Jeff, I'm just going to go ahead and say they probably shouldn't have it named after this guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a whole there's this. There I'm going to I'm going to think that ooh. one podcast isn't enough for us to go into even the reasoning behind naming uh, a roller coaster ride uh-huh. after a, a Texas lawman, like uh-huh. old timey Texas lawman. Why? I did some more research into Judge Roy Bean. Let me read you this, which I pulled off Wikipedia as well. Fantley Roy Bean Jr. Fantley. P-H-A-N-T-L-Y. Born 1825, died March 16th, 1903. Was an American saloon keeper and justice of the peace in Valverde County, Texas, who called himself, quote, the only law west of the Pecos. According to legend, he held court in a saloon along the Rio Grande on a desolate stretch of the Chihuahuan Desert of Southwest Texas. After his death, Western Films and Books cast him as a hanging judge, although he is known to have only sent his two men to hang, one of whom escaped. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he wasn't a terribly effective hanging judge. There were some stories about him that I, I pulled one of the least offensive ones. Ben posted a photo of, of Judge Roy Bean in the uh, oh, he looks, Discord. We'll, he we'll looks like that. a peach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So upon finding the corpse of a Southern Pacific Railroad workman who had been killed after he fell from a high bridge over the Pecos River, the man, having been carrying a pistol in his pocket and $40 on his person when he had died, the judge rendered a verdict of accidental death and then imposed a posthumous $40 fine, a $20 fine upon the man for having carried concealed weapons and Bean, whose court slash saloon was in need of money at the time and was also the coroner at the time, collected a burial fee of $10 and $10 in court costs. So yeah. he pocketed the 40 bucks and used it, said it was just fine. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the last line for him, 
Roy Bean died peacefully in his bed on the 16th of March, 1903, after a bout of heavy drinking in San Antonio. <laughs> Here, here's what keeps coming. I, I just like it's uh-huh. such a bizarre choice to yeah. name a roller coaster ride after a judge in general. You know, even if yeah. it's like RBG, it's still it's weird, right? <laughs> but like it's just two weird things that don't go together. But the fact that they keep talking about Pecos and Pecos, I just went on a little Texas road trip about uh, a month month ago uh-huh. and i went out that way because i was going out to marfa and i went through that little town and they have pecos pete who literally rides tornadoes and lassos uh, cattle with like rattlesnakes and they had a huge like uh, what do you call it when you uh, make a big version of a thing and then you put it in a town square statue a statue yeah that, that's the word <laughs> Man, a huge statue of him and uh-huh. all kinds of stuff. And he seemed like such a wild character. And he didn't, he wasn't real, so he's made up, so it's even easier. Why would you choose Judge Roy Bean over something like Pecos Pete? I don't know, man. It's interesting because, like, the more I read up on this guy, the more this guy should not be seen as anyone you would ever want to deify or give a, a roller coaster naming to. So, yeah. Anyway, if you want to look up more information about Judge Roy Bean on your own, feel free to. And then, um,. <laughs> <laughs> may come to your own conclusions about upon the bean <laughs> is all I'll say. Do your own bean research. <laughs> all right, Jeff, let me walk you through the experience of heading to Six Flags Over Texas. Before we get started, I want to say shout out to sfotsource.com, Six Flags Over Texas Source.com. This person, whoever runs this website, has a series of park maps of Six Flags Over Texas that go back from opening till today. It's actually really, really cool. They're missing some maps in the 80s and 90s, but I pulled a map from 1991 which is going to be the closest to kind of what I remember being a kid as little as I remember. But let me walk you through. So I'm going to just make sure I, so you're going to walk me through. Uh, I'm going to put myself in the mindset of a six or seven year old Jack Patillo. This is what you're seeing, right? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So here we go. So Jeff, we start out our trip, obviously at the entry plaza, the front of the park. We're with our parents. We have a can of Coke because for some reason you get like 20% off your tickets. If you bring a can of Coke, There's lots of kids out. You're sitting there. You can barely see like the ledge that they're putting the money on and stuff. And you get your ticket. You finally, you go through the turnstile. First thing you see in front of you is that beautiful carousel up on the little riser and the six flags over Texas, all six of them swaying in the wind. Let me see if I remember them. The Mexican flag, the French flag, the uh, Texas flag, the Confederate flag, the United States flag, and another one. Oh, God, what's this? What's the sixth one? I forget what it is. Anyway, there are six flags blowing in the wind majestically. You make a right and you head towards Looney Tunes land, Jeff. Okay. You have to go past, you know, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Elmer Fudd. Is Elmer Fudd in Looney Tunes? I yes. Think he is. They have some little kid kind of rides there, but not today. You're not a kid anymore today because today, Jeff, you're riding your first ever real roller coaster. You're going to go ride the Judge Roy Scream. So you go past Looney Tunes land where they have like the uh, carnival games, you know, like people are shooting the baskets, trying to win giant Tweety birds and stuff like that. You go past that. And if you look just beyond, you can see the Splash Water Falls, which I actually talked about in the first episode is that big raft thing that just goes up the hill and splashes down and sprays water everywhere. Yeah. That's in case they don't have time to add the add the sound. Oh, in. thank you. I, I'm thank doing you. it for you. Yeah. Just beyond that is the Texas Cliffhanger which is just a giant metal structure with an elevator on it that goes way up and then spits you out and then drops you all the way from the top onto your back. Maybe someday you'll be brave enough to go on that one, but not today. Not today. (laughs) We're not ready for that one. (laughs) 
we'll walk past the Texas cliffhanger. We're taking the long route because we're getting ourselves psyched up. We're still a little nervous, but we're getting ourselves psyched up. You round the corner and you see the uh, the Good Times Pavilion. Is that what it is? The Good Times Plaza, I think. Good Times Plaza. There's some bumper cars, which are always a lot of fun because you've ridden those before. There's Chubby's, a little diner. It's a restaurant if you get some hot dogs later. And then you see the flashback. It's a brand new metal coaster, but my lord, it's intimidating. A lot of metal. Very scary. It goes very fast. We're going to walk past that one today, Jeff. And we're going to go to the Judge Roy Scream. We see the tunnel because the tunnel takes you underneath the road that actually takes you into the park. The Judge Roy Scream is, is separate from the rest of the park, Jeff. It's, it's not It's not a part of the main thing. It's across the road. So we go underneath the road. And to your right is this beautiful lake. Well, more of like a, a reservoir or a holding tank. I'm not sure exactly. It's not really a lake, but there's water and it's really pretty. And I forget there may have been a fountain there at some point. I'm not 100% sure. But there's water and then you look up and you see it. This beautiful white and red roller coaster and this line that splays out in front of it. You get in line and after let's say 15, 30 minutes of building up the courage and waiting in line. You get on the coaster, you sit down, you pull the lap bar down across yourself, and there it is. You take your deep breath and off you go. You go around a little corner and then up the clicky hill, Jeff. Up the clicky hill. Everyone <laughs> loves the clicky hill. Love the clicky hill. Now, would you be in the front or the back of the coaster? What, what would you pick? I'm going to be in the front, Jack. All right. So you're on, you're on the front row and we're going up. We're going up the clicky hill. And, and the scary thing about being in the front, Jeff, is you start nosing over the edge of the drop while the rest of the cars behind you still haven't made it up the hill yet. So you get to <laughs> look down the drop until finally that last car makes it past the top of the clicky hill and boosh, down you go. Down a sharp 65 foot drop. You hit a top speed of 45 miles an hour. The wind is whipping in your hair, your young, your young hair and you're holding on for dear life. You've got white knuckles. That's when you, you hold on to a bar so hard that your knuckles turn white. I understand what that is, yes. You're freaking out. Uh, you go up a little hill, you go up that first hill, and you get some air because that's a, little, that's a, that's a air hill, I think is what they're called. So you go up, whoa, and your butt kind of comes off the seat a little bit, and then you dip down. And this whole time, the, the wooden coaster, it's wood, so it's very rattly, and the whole time it's just rattling you around the whole time. And you go up and down a couple more hills, and then, woo, you do the big 180-degree turn. Really, it's a little bit more. It's more of like a 220-degree turn because it sort of does a big half-circle around. And now you're heading back right next to, just perpendicular to the original line you were on, up and down, up and down. But you're lower now, so you see all this wood next to you. And then you're just going up and down, and you're, you're freaking out, and you're having a great time. And then you go up a little hill, and then you see all these crossbeams, these wooden crossbeams, Jeff. Oh, your head, watch your head, duck! And then you, you dip down, and just before, oh, just before your head hits it, you, you go down, and then back up, and then brakes kick in, you're slowing down, and you're back at the station. Oh, that was all, all of the, the, the hour or so of, of nervousness, of building up to get to the Judge Roy scream. You have done it. You have completed your first ever official, for real, Roller coaster ride, and you are a better person for it, Jeff. Did I have any accidents? Did six-year-old Jack no. have any? Okay, good, good, good. This time, no. But then you hold hands of your parents, and they walk you over to the Texas Giants, which we'll talk about another time, which is about four times the size of the Judge Roy Scream. And you see that, and then you immediately poop yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
Please do not do a sound overlay for that. This let me describe that one. Jack, I gotta be honest. I was so into it when you were describing it. I ducked when you told me to duck. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. and then I realized I did it, and then I felt dumb. And then I thought, no, that means Jack's doing a good job of telling this story. And then I thought, you're not paying attention. Get back into it. So I did. It was Spain. Spain was the sixth one. Because Mexico and Spain are two different flags that flew under Texas. So Mexico, Spain, France, Texas, United States, and the Confederacy. There's your six. And now uh, they no longer fly the Confederate flag, by the way. It's all all USA flags now. That's the six flags are all USA. But when people say six flags, they just think theme parks. But that six flags were literally the six different flags that the state of Texas has flown under. I had no idea that that was, I guess, the etymology of that. That's really interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But that's that's what Six Flags stands for. And so Six Flags over Texas, the one in Arlington, Texas, which is in between Fort Worth and Dallas. It's along the I-30 corridor, I-30, I-20 corridor. That was the very first Six Flags ever. They have now expanded out and bought up more parks. Uh, Six Flags now is Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, Great America. There's tons of them. And I'm sure you and I will end up at many of them over the course of this podcast. I can't wait. But that's it, man. So that's the Judge Roy Scream. It's a classic, classic coaster. It's been around for 40 years now. And um, yeah, it's still going, still going strong. They still keep it up. They still run it all the time. So uh, yeah, well, we will have to go up there and ride this thing at some point, Jeff. I'm very excited to ride Pecos Pete's Tornado Twister, (laughs) which is uh, as I like to call it. (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for our walkthrough. Uh, We have some time for a QA. and a You up for some questions, Jeff? Yeah, let's go. We got a question from Snow Queen Nat, who's MG Queen 13 on Twitter. Are there any rides from Disney theme parks across the globes you would like to walk through or ride? Have you seen any other non-USA Disney stuff? What what have you seen? When I watched the Imagineers documentary series. Imagineering Story. Yeah, that's what it's called, the Imagineering Story. I keep coming back to it, I know, but, you know, there was that episode where they focused on uh, the water park in Japan. And there was a uh, like a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride where you can oh, yeah. get into that boat. And I desperately want to do that. It's funny because uh, I also want to go to Japan as well. The Pirates of the Caribbean over in Japan. As a matter of fact, they showed that on the Imagineering story as well, how they designed that thing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, There's some magic they do on those rides that is incredible. Like at one point they have an animatronic Jack Sparrow that goes from normal human Johnny Depp to you just keep moving and then he becomes a skeleton in front of your eyes. I don't know how they do it. And apparently there's also a Beauty and the Beast attraction where similarly they have a giant beast monster animatronic that becomes the human version of Beast right in front of you magically. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what they're doing over there, but I 100% I want to check it out. Use that hashtag send annual pass to Japan. Uh, again, let the Rooster Teeth family know that you want to see uh, Jack and Jeff and Ben in Japan. I promised it to <laughs> Jeff the first episode, and he's going to be very upset if we don't make it happen. So, oh, um, Jack, I have a cue for the Q&A. Do you mind if I ask you? Go ahead. I think I sent this to you the other day, and I don't think you responded to me on text. So I'm going to ask you, or if you did, I ignored your response. So you can that respond makes here. I read on the internet the other day that there is a specific color of green that they paint the doors in Disney properties, I guess Disneyland World, those places, because your eye glosses over it and it's called like ignore me green or something. It's called go away green. Go go away green. Yeah. Is that real? That is a real thing. I don't know about the science behind it. Like I, I know you sent me like a TikTok or something and it was a video of a guy explaining go away green that your your brain apparently just doesn't process that color. I don't know if that's true or it's just kind of like a weird camouflage thing that is sort of a, a, 
a specific color that just people ignore. Yeah. But yes, 100%, that is a real thing that Disney uses. They have go away green. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the parks that you don't really think about. Like lights, for example. Like the castle at night, like the Magic Kingdom castle at night is very well lit. And a lot of those lights are just out in the park pointing up at the castle. And it's just a giant metal pole with a light on the end of it. And you can't really dress that up, you know, to make it look too pretty. So they paint it with this color called Go Away Green. And your brain just doesn't, you just don't think about it. And it's, huh. it's a really neat thing. They also have another one. They have a blue that I forget what it's called. But there's a brand new Guardians of the Galaxy attraction uh, opening up in Epcot. And they've painted the show building with that blue. Or if you see it from a distance, it just goes away. It just disappears into the skyline. That's crazy. Yeah, go away green is a real thing um, that Disney uses. I don't, again, I don't know if they have a patent for it or anything, but they are masters of camouflage in those parks. There's so many things that stack on top of each other that you wouldn't think, or like the back of one building is the front of another building. And it's really, really cool. I'll give them naming credit too, because go away green is a much better name than ignore me green, which is <laughs> what I came up with. So. We got one more question here from Poisonera from Rooster Teeth. What is the first ride they gravitate to when they enter a theme park? Uh, mine was always the log flume, much to the annoyance of every adult around me. <laughs> Do you have a particular like style of ride or something you want you make sure to hit up like first thing when you get started? It's interesting because it's it's not something I've ever thought about before. Um, and, I, and I've gone so infrequently throughout my life. But I would say that like thinking on it now. The thing that comes into my head is just like, I'm imagining a car of some kind, like a street race, like the cars uh, one over in uh, California Adventure, California Adventure, something along those lines, like some sort of a race car thing is the first thing that pops into mind. How about you? Very cool. I tend to go to like classics, like something that I know I love. Like if I'm going to Universal, I try to hit up the mummy as quick as possible or Transformers. If I'm at Disney, I love going to Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion is such a good ride. But it's, it's mm. the stuff that I know I enjoy. I always like going to those first. Or if it's something massive, like uh, now Velocicoaster is opening up in just a couple of weeks at Universal Studios. I know that's going to be something that's like, well, you're going to have to wait in line for that pretty much any time you show up at the park. So might as well get in line and just do it. You know, first yeah, thing. Yeah, get it out of the way. Yeah. Speaking of which, we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but we're going to Orlando, or at least I'm going to Orlando, <laughs> to go ride the Velocicoaster on June 9th. So the day before it opens, uh, we're going to be out there checking it out for annual pass. So uh, if you happen to be in the Islands of Adventure around June 9th or 10th, let us know. Like we're going to be out there. I'll be wearing I have a uh, an annual pass face mask specially made just for this trip. Jeff, you think you can make it out there with me? Are you serious? You made a face mask? Tony and the the ecom team, they actually made a face mask like because I told him I was going. He's like, let's get you one. So we actually have one for photos and stuff. Oh, wow. So, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be there. Yeah, we've briefly talked about this, but you're not sure if you're OK with heights or fast roller coasters. Have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we covered it in depth in a previous episode, so I don't want to dive too far back into it. But I have not been OK recently with heights i, I you know yeah. I, another one another one popped up do you remember when we you know we do a, a lot of different kinds oh, of content yeah. at rooster i Teeth. know exactly what you're talking about yep yeah we did a ghost hunting show for about two years and in the second season of that ghost hunting show i had to climb to the top of a uh metal a structure mine. that was a that, that sat above a mine uh, a 4500 foot hole in the ground <laughs> I, i'd like to point out uh, and the metal structure was 150 years old and abandoned. And talk about swaying in the wind and it Oof. just sounding like dinosaurs crying. The noise that the metal made rubbing together. And I, I had to probably go, how high up was that? 125 feet or something? 
maybe. Uh, um, yeah, I'd say about that. It feels about like that. That was brutal. You, you, you made it almost all the way to the very top. <laughs> you walked very nonchalantly up past me. I was laying on the ground, <laughs> hugging it. So that doesn't bode well. That's not a good sign. Because, uh, yeah, Velocicoaster goes up like, like I think it's like 140 feet uh, straight up. And it's like 70 miles an hour. It's got two launches. I, like, I almost don't want you to look at anything at all about it. Uh, because okay. I kind of want to be there when you get your first reaction when you see it. Because when you walk in, it's I mean, it's so tall. You're going to see it immediately. <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, yeah. So it's going to be fun. So you and me side by side on the Velocicoaster. Nope. June 9th and 10th. And so uh, check that out. But hey, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter annual underscore pass because I'll probably be posting videos and photos from our trip out there. So we'll be posting from inside the park. We might do some Instagram live stuff. I don't know. But uh, make sure you follow us over there for the uh, the, the trip. It's going to be a lot of fun. And thanks to Universal for the invite as well. Like those guys, they reached out to us before the podcast had released yet to talk about it. And then when the first episode came out, they're like, we're so excited. Like, we can't wait to get you guys out here. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So pretty fantastic of them. Pretty badass, man. Pretty badass. So that's coming up in just a couple weeks since the uh, the release of this guy. I think like two weeks after this comes out. So check that out when we hit it. It's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to get out. It's the first time I've been on a plane in over a year and a half. So that for me has got me very excited. I got to be honest with you. It feels super apropos that for the first time in more than a year you've flown, it's <laughs> it's like a bullet towards a, a roller coaster. Makes perfect sense. First place I can go is Orlando. So yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, that's going to do it for today's annual pass. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank you for all the reviews on all the various podcast services. I've read damn near all of them because I'm a sucker for that. And you guys have been so kind. And it really does mean the world to me that you're, you're responding to this podcast very well. I wasn't sure how it would go, honestly, when it first came in, because it's a lot of me rambling and, and talking about roller coasters and theme parks and my passion for it. But you guys have picked up on it and it means the world to me. So thank you very, very much. If you want to give us a review, feel free to those help because advertisers look at reviews. That's the easiest metric to to have advertisers join you and advertisers keep us uh, keep us employed. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much to them. And also. More of that kind of stuff means we can do live shows when we uh, when we feel safe, when we feel we're in a position to be able to do that kind of stuff. And so, yes, we absolutely want to travel and do the show on the road. And so uh, we might get to do something like that while we're in Orlando, Jeff. That would be cool. Hey, can I throw in one one last thing, too? You can uh, throw just, in whatever you'd like. Just a bit, just a little tip, a little bit of mm -hmm. wisdom. Go ahead and start brushing up on your Twi'lek now. Because uh, I, this isn't official, but I've heard rumors are that when the hotel opens, the bartenders uh, only speak Twi'lek. So you're going to have a tough time ordering your drinks unless you're unless you're familiar with with that language. Uh, just right, just, just a little tip. I'll work on my Twi'lek. Uh, don't forget. Also, we've got annual pass shirts up in the store. Store.roosterteeth.com. Grab those because the more of those you grab, the more cool stuff we can we can grab. I, I'm already talking with uh, our, our merchandise guy about possible things we can do, including ponchos jeff i want to i want to make a poncho <laughs> you keep talking about it like it's uh gonna be the greatest thing ever made and annual pass poncho it, it's one of those things where like I'll, I'll take your word for it and i assume that when it comes in handy it will come in very handy and i'll be like okay jack you were right yep see yeah I'm, we're gonna go to a park we're gonna go to orlando we're gonna be at universal studios islands of adventure i'm gonna be under a poncho being perfectly dry you're gonna have your hat on and just soaking wet and i'll be like well there you go i'm just gonna have a handful of soggy churros <laughs> 
Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We do appreciate you guys. Make sure to follow us again, annual underscore pass on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us to annualpass at roosterteeth.com. Uh, if you worked at any attractions you want to talk about, if you have an in uh, with any attractions, if you have any secrets that you want to let us know about, if you work at these parks and want to be able to get us into them, whatever you want to do, annualpass at roosterteeth.com. Thank you very much. Stay safe out there. Jeff, it's always good hearing from you. Yeah, you too, buddy. I guess I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Y'all have a good one, and we'll see you next time for more Annual Pass. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.